Come on, you gotta you got seize the goddamn gap! People are so goddamn inefficient! Oh, goddammit! I don't care if you're old! Seize the gap! Welcome to Seize the Gap Fantasy Football, where we help you win your fantasy football leagues by seizing the gap so that you can stop being so inefficient. I'm Magna Mills, and I'm here to help you set your lineups in week 14 by discussing some players who I'm sitting and starting this week. Thanks again for checking out the show. Find Seize the Gap by searching for Seize the Gap wherever you get your pods, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the good ones, wherever you get them, we're there. Find us on social media at Seize the Gap FF and find our YouTube channel at JoeBlowFootballShow.com. If you could, please take a second to comment, like, follow, subscribe. Even one of those things helps us out, helps people find the show. We really appreciate it. Please and thank you. Kind of a crucial week here, six teams on buys. I think the easiest way to do it once again is just kind of go game by game, kind of tell you who I'm pretty much locking into my lineups and then what some of the kind of tougher decisions are. We'll start with the New York Jets at the Buffalo Bills. On the Jets side, I think Garrett Wilson is the only guy I call a must start. I don't mind Zonovan Knight. Bam Knight is kind of a running back two type. I think Ty Johnson will be in there, especially if the game script works out the way we think. So if you need a kind of deep running back in a PPR league, something like that, don't hate Ty Johnson either. On the Bills side of the ball, obviously you're starting Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. They're locked and loaded. I think running backs James Cook and Devin Singletary are both fine as kind of lower end RB2, high end RB3 or flex plays. I think there could be room for them to both eat, especially if it's not the greatest weather and the Bills get out to a lead. I'm not trying to hate on Gabriel Davis or Dawson Knox, but I'm probably not prioritizing them. And I might even like Knox a little bit better than Gabe Davis here. One of the Jets' biggest strengths is their outside coverage. And Isaiah McKenzie will avoid some of that in the slot there. Don't hate him as a wide receiver for, but again, that's more in a deeper league or if I'm desperate and I'm perfectly okay with starting the Buffalo Bills DST and kicker Tyler Bass here. Next up, we've got the Cleveland Browns at the Cincinnati Bengals. For the Browns, I think Nick Chubb, David Njoku are my only guys. I'm just starting without really thinking about it here. Amari Cooper is a legitimate game time decision, suffered a hamstring injury in practice on Thursday. Even if he plays, I'm probably avoiding him at this point. And if he's out, I'm definitely bumping up Donovan Peoples-Jones. Not into the must-start territory, but definitely a guy I would strongly consider there. Again, especially if you think the Bengals are going to get out to a lead and force the Browns to play from behind. I think Kareem Hunt is back in play here. It's kind of a running back three flex option. I think it's likely that he sees a little bit more involvement in the passing game with Watson at quarterback. Speaking of Watson, I'm not going to him unless I absolutely have to. But it's a weird week between the buys, the recent injuries, everything like that. It really might come to down to like Deshaun Watson versus Brock Purdy or something like that for you. So if you have to start Watson, it's okay. I would just temper your expectations a bit. On the Cincinnati side, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon are in your lineup. And I would also have T. Higgins locked in there. That is assuming he plays. Another guy looks like he suffered an injury in practice on Thursday, expected to play, but I would just proceed with a little bit of caution. Make sure you check back on Sunday morning. There's no reports about him playing a limited compliments and snaps, something like that. Just double check it. And with Joe Mixon back, you have to do something with Samaj Piran. I think if you're desperate at running back or you need a flex in a deeper league, I'm okay with it. I think this is going to be more of a 60-40 split than more of a 75-25 split it was before Mixon got hurt. Hayden Hurst is out, so that could help P. Ryan find a couple more targets there. And 
assuming that Higgins is in, I'm probably not playing Tyler Boyd unless I have to in a deeper league. And again, perfectly fine with the Cincinnati DST or kicker Evan McPherson here. Next up, we have the Houston Texans at Dallas Cowboys. I mean, for the Texans, it's Damon Pierce or nothing. I don't think he's a mortal lock here or anything, but especially if Rex Burkhead is out again, you know, you could certainly do worse for a running back too, but that's literally it. With uh, Nico Collins and Brandon Cooks out, I think maybe Chris Moore is like a, a desperation kind of punt play wide receiver, but I think that's probably more something you'd want to do in TFS than in your season-long leagues. For the Cowboys, Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott, Tony Pollard, CeeDee Lamb, and Dalton Schultz are all in my lineup without thinking about it, as are the Dallas DST and kicker Brett Maher. I don't hate Michael Gallup here. I just think he's more of a Bob guy than the rest of them, a boomer bust. We saw him have the big game last week with two touchdowns, so I don't blame you if you want to go back to the well here. But it also wouldn't surprise me if he wound up with like four grass for 60 yards or something like that. It, you know, unless, again, the Cowboys are going to run up the score, drop another 50-burger. Could happen, I suppose. Next up, we have the Fireworks Factory game. That's the Minnesota Vikings at the Detroit Lions. This is basically the play-everybody game for the Vikings. I'm starting Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, and TJ Hawkinson. I don't hate Adam Thielen, but again, kind of like Gallup, unless they're going to score 40, 50 points, someone probably gets squeezed out here. I think it's probably Thielen, so he's more of a wide receiver three for me. Alexander Madison is still just a desperation play, even though he scored a touchdown last week. On the other side of the ball, I'm locking in Jared Goff. Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift, and Amon Ross St. Brown. Again, okay with DJ Chark, pretty similar to those other guys, and that he's a Bob. Would not surprise me one bit if he kind of breaks off a long touchdown or something like that, but I don't see much of a floor for him here. Definitely not the same kind of floor that I would see for, say, Michael Gallup. And I'm not playing Jameson Williams yet. Don't mind picking him up, putting him on your bench. You know, only played a couple of snaps on one target last week. So I think the best case scenario for him this week is probably he sees maybe four targets, something like that, plays 15, 20 snaps. So good guy to tuck on your bench, but no one I'm putting in my lineup yet. On to the Jacksonville Jaguars at Tennessee Titans game. This is like the reverse of the Minnesota-Detroit game. You, you really don't want many pieces of this one. For the Jags, I'm starting Travis Etienne. I'm starting Christian Kirk, and I'm being careful with Trevor Lawrence. I do think the Titans are a bit of a pass funnel defense and T-Law could be in decent shape here, but he did not play well in the second half after he was injured last week. Hasn't practiced really all week. So if I have a better option, I'm going there. But given the way the quarterback position looks this week, you really might not. Zay Jones is questionable for the Jaguars. I really probably wasn't running out to play him one way or the other, but if he was out, that does make Marvin Jones and Evan Ingram more interesting. And I would say that, again, if you're desperate at tight end, you could do worse for a streaming option than Evan Ingram. Found the end zone last week against the Lions. Moving over to Tennessee, Derrick Henry is pretty much the guy. That's it. I mean, you got Derrick Henry, and I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do after that on offense. A lot of the models kind of like Ryan Tannehill here, theoretically, because of the matchup, but he's basically down to uh, Nick Akeen Westbrook and uh, Chico Ziem Okonkwo there, uh, maybe Austin Hooper. All those guys are really just desperation streaming options. Uh, I have Tannehill as like my QB 14, 15 this week. It, it's not pretty. If you have to use him, maybe you're hoping this is the week he kind of gets, you know, 40, 50 yards rushing, finds the end zone that way. If he can get 10 points with his legs, he only really needs to get, you know, five to eight points with his arm to kind of get you there from a streaming standpoint. Next up, we have my Philadelphia Eagles at the New York Giants. You're pretty much starting most of the birds here. I'm locking in Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Eagles DST. They're all in my lineup. 
If you need to in a pinch, I don't hate Kenneth Gainwell at running back or Quez Watkins at wide receiver. On the Giants' side, I think the only auto start is Saquon Barkley, and he is questionable. If he's out, I guess, you know, you could have a little bit of minor interest in Matt Breda. I think that winds up being a, a split job there, but they don't have anybody else, really. They have Darius Slayton. They have Isaiah Hodgins. I'm not looking to start any of those guys unless it's in a deeper league. Again, the Eagles have been really good at covering outside receivers so far this year. You know, and that kind of makes Daniel Jones or whatever, you know, a lot like Tannehill or whatever. You're probably hoping if you have to play him, he can add some value with his legs so he doesn't need to do too much with his arm. You know, temper your expectations here. I think if you get, you know, 15 points out of Danny Tripp's Danny Falls this week, I would probably take my ball and go home with that. Then we have the Baltimore Ravens at the Pittsburgh Steelers. On the Ravens side, Mark Andrews is the only guy I'm auto-starting. I don't hate Gus Edwards. It's kind of like a, a weak running back, too. You could also see Kenyon Drake involved a little bit more this week. I really don't want to play Ravens running back, but at this point, I don't know how many other options you have on that offense. Tyler Huntley is going to start for Lamar Jackson, and he's an interesting streamer. Decent floor because of his dual threat upside. He can run the ball. I'm just not sure that he is going to be able to do much in the passing game. I mean, it's not like Lamar Jackson had really been doing much in the passing game for the past couple of months. So, yeah, I'm probably not playing a Baltimore wide receiver if I can help it. They were already sketchy with Jackson back there. It was kind of a flavor of the week kind of deal. Now you have no idea who Huntley's going to have chemistry with. So, I'm just avoiding that if at all possible. I don't mind the Baltimore DST. Don't mind Justin Tucker, obviously. On the Steelers' side of the ball, the only two guys I'm locking in are Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth at tight end. Again, tight end position's terrible, so I don't know how you're getting away from Fryermuth here, even though the matchup isn't theoretically the greatest for a tight end against the Ravens. Wide receiver Deontay Johnson is questionable. Again, he's been a tough guy to start. He hasn't found the end zone all year, so if he's questionable... I'm probably not looking to put him in my lineup unless I have to, but if he was out, and then I'm locking in George Pickens. Pickens really disappointed last week, one grab, but I think he could get a nice game here if Deontay Johnson were out. And don't get me wrong, he could still have a nice game if Johnson is in there, but after the trade of Chase Claypool, man, there would be a, a lot of targets there for the picking for Mr. Pickens. So keep an eye on that one, especially if you own Johnson or Pickens. And Kenny Pickett is probably not a guy I would actively target here. He'll probably get 13 points. So if that sounds like a good one for you this week, go ahead, you know, pick up the picket. Otherwise, I'm probably avoiding him. And if you're in a real pinch, I do not hate the Pittsburgh Steelers DST here. Now we have the Kansas City Chiefs at the Denver Broncos. They're locking in Patrick Mahomes, Juju Smith-Schuster, Travis Kelsey, Kansas City DST, and Harrison Butker here. Also probably good with Isaiah Pacheco at running back for the Chiefs. He is kind of right on the borderline of a, a must play for me. And I don't think the game script is going to be terribly beneficial for Jarek McKinnon here. But if the Chiefs continue to only use two running backs, he should get rotated in there enough to be a worthwhile flex play. And Kadarius Tony may or may not play. If he plays, my guess is he plays 10, 15 snaps, something like that. So I don't hate Marquez Valdez-Scantling. It's kind of a flyer if you're desperate at wide receiver. We haven't really seen him get one of those trademark long touchdowns. Maybe the, this is the week that it finally happens. On the Broncos side of the ball, Cortland Sutton is out. There's no way in hell I'm playing Russell Wilson. I might literally start Davis Mills over him if it came to it. So, yeah. I would say go ahead, start Jerry Judy and Greg Dulcich, though, because... Garbage time points count too. Cortland Sutton's out. They don't really have anybody else. 
you know, whatever. If you're especially Dulcich, I think his tight end is so weak, is pretty easy play. And we've seen Judy be okay, I guess, throughout the season, even when Sutton was there. He'll get a couple extra targets, especially Kansas City gets up early. So surprisingly, as much as I hate Russell Wilson, I do not hate Jerry Judy, great Dulcich here. And then you have the Tampa Bay Bucks at the San Francisco 49ers. The Bucs are a weird one for me here, man. I think Chris Godwin is the only auto start for me on the Bucs. I would say that if Leonard Fournette is out, then I would go ahead, play Rashad White, basically lock him in there. If they both play, I still prefer White, but I think both are you know more of just flex plays in that case. If I could find another option, I'd fade Tom Brady. But again, quarterback is pretty ugly this week, so you're probably not going to be able to. But my thinking here is that if Tampa Bay wins, it's probably because of what their defense did. I don't think Brady's the one who carries them here. Mike Evans is really like a wide receiver three for me here. He's been more of a boomer bust prospect. The matchups are tough. His depth of target is just going to make it harder for him to have a high floor here. So he's definitely one of the best kind of bobs you can have. You know, the boom will be pretty big if he gets there, but the bust could also be pretty bad. Julio Jones is basically a desperation wide receiver four for me. It looks like Cameron Bray's going to play, so I'm not interested in him or Cade Otten. I need one of them to be out to be interested in the other. On the other side of the ball, you're obviously playing Christian McCaffrey, but I think with Brock Purdy, a quarterback, he is the only guy I think you absolutely have to play. You're obviously still going to lean towards playing Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, but I think Debo and Ayuk are more wide receiver three types this week. Flex options as opposed to a wide receiver two. I would prefer Debo over Ayuk in this case. And let's be honest, you probably don't have a better option at tight end than Kittle, but I think he's kind of down to a tight end or bus guy this week, unless he kind of proves to be like, you know, Purdy's guy. And speaking of Purdy, you pretty much only want to get to him in the deepest of super flex leagues. I would not mess with starting him, even if some of the projection models or whatever kind of like him a bit here. On to the Carolina Panthers at the Seattle Seahawks. I don't think there is anybody on Carolina that you have to start, but I'm probably fine with starting Dante Foreman and DJ Moore in most leagues. Not messing with Sam Darnold, not messing with the defense, the kicker, any of the tight ends. I do not hate Terrace Marshall. If you're in a super deep league or you need a DFS punt, wide receiver Terrace Marshall is like, you know, ever since the he's been more involved in the offense, it's coaching change. He's at least kind of flashed some of his athletic ability. On the Seattle side, Tyler Lockett, and assuming he plays, DK Metcalf are locked into my lineup. And Geno Smith is probably a lock, too, to be honest with you. I'd like to say he's on the borderline, but if you've been starting him this season, you probably don't have a better option in this scenario. Running backs Kenneth Walker and DJ Dallas are both questionable, despite having not practiced the entire week. My guess is this is a split backfield led by Travis Homer with Tony Jones working in Homer's got some receiving ability. If you're absolutely desperate and you have to do it, go ahead. But this is a late game. I'm just going to play it like DJ Dallas and Kenneth Walker are both going to be out. And I'm probably not playing any of the tight ends here. I'm not playing Noah Fant. I'm not playing Will Disley. Again, avoid the running backs if you can here. But go ahead. You can play CLDST, uh, Jason Meyer, Kicker, both locked and loaded here. Then we have the Miami Dolphins at the Los Angeles Chargers. This is a much more fun game. You're definitely playing Tua. You're playing Tyree Kill. You're playing Jalen Waddell. Jeff Wilson, is a, he's kind of a fine RB2 for me, but I am worried that they go with the hot hand a little bit more here. I would definitely play Wilson over Mostert, but I think Mostert is kind of a fine you know, RB3 flex option if you're desperate. 
on the other side of the ball. I'm most definitely starting Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, and Keenan Allen. Mike Williams is going to make his return this week. And you're probably not going to have a lot of better options than him on most of your teams. But I'd still try to bit lightly here. He did re-injure himself immediately the last time he came back. There is a chance he only plays a limited number of snaps here. So if you're going to play him, at least try to monitor the run-up on Sunday. See if we get any reports about him being on a snap count, something like that. But assuming he is back and playing a full complement of snaps, my interest in Gerald Everett drops. Again, you might need to play him because tight end is so bad. And again, with six teams on a bye, it's even worse this week. But he's definitely stepped down from where I've had him the past couple of weeks when you had all the injuries. Josh Palmer probably moves down to more in that wide receiver four range now. I don't think he's going to get enough volume to get there for you unless he scores a touchdown. Josh Kelly actually played like 43% of the snaps last week. It's not really splitting the job with Austin Eckler. And I mean, the Chargers aren't even really pretending to run the ball too much. But if you're absolutely desperate in a deep league, maybe he gets goal line carry, punches it in, something like that. So there you go. And finally, let's finish up with the New England Patriots at the Arizona Cardinals. I think Ramondre Stevenson is the only guy that's locked and loaded for New England. I don't mind Jacoby Myers if he clears the concussion protocol and plays, but with this game being on Monday night, that's a little bit sketchy to bank on. If you did want to do that, I would say put either uh, Devontae Parker or Nelson Aguilar on your bench. I'm not really playing them unless Myers is out, but we did see Devontae Parker have a big game last time Myers was out. Aguilar had a big game last week, so you know one of those two guys, I wouldn't really... You know, hope for, uh, I'd hope for something, but I wouldn't really count on much. It is what it is. At least Myers has been a consistent high floor guy. I don't mind Hunter Henry as a streaming tight end. Again, the position's not great this week. Arizona is like a top two, top three matchup for fantasy tight end. So I think Hunter Henry finds the end zone this week. I feel kind of the same way about Mac Jones as a streamer. There's been a lot of talk about how conservative the Patriots offense is. I don't think they're going to go nuts this week. We did see him have a decent game on Thanksgiving against the Vikings, but it would not surprise me if Mac Jones can get that 250 yards and two touchdown area. So that at least makes him, you know, a chance at a back end quarterback one, high end quarterback two performance here. Uh, definitely good with starting the Patriots DST and kicker Nick Folk. On the other side of the ball, I think you have to start the usual suspects for the Cardinals. You're definitely starting Kyler Murray, James Conner, DeAndre Hopkins, and Marquise Brown, I think. Again, if you had a really stacked team, you might be able to find a way around maybe Brown or Hopkins if you think they're going to kind of cannibalize each other. If this is a low-scoring game, it might not work out the greatest, but I think all four of those guys deserve to be in your lineup this week. I will not get cute with Greg Dorsch or uh, Trey McBride, the tight end there. I'm not playing the Cardinals DST probably. And if you're desperate, I don't hate it, but they're kind of, I think, about 16 for me this week, so right on the borderline of what you could do. We did, we have seen them uh, get a couple of picks for touchdowns and everything like that, so not impossible, but they're not making my lineup in most leagues. And that was it. That was our week 14 start, sit thing we do or what have you. So hope it helped you out. And this is Ben, Seize the Gap Fantasy Football. Thanks again for watching. Again, Seize the Gap wherever you get your pods, on social media at Seize the Gap FF, on YouTube at JoeBlowFootballShow.com. I am Magda Millison. Please be aware, I don't care if you're old, you need to seize the gap. Good luck this week, and we'll see you back next Tuesday for our week 15 waiver wire ads. This has been Seize the Gap Fantasy Football. The views expressed here are those of the hosts alone and do not represent those of any other entity, individual, or organization. All team names and logos are copyrighted by the NFL and their respective teams. Thanks again for checking us out. Come back next time and we'll continue to help you to seize the gap and stop. 
being so inefficient. Good luck to you and all of your teams. Who's that? Nobody. I said, who's that? I said, nobody.